0: beware maria maria talks about music and drama and education games power psychology art about things that are fun and can be related to each other maria has conversations with herself and others but Maria will listen to you if you contact her at beware maria at gmail.com maria is a musician choir director and teacher of communication and self-defense with the capacity to reinvent herself many times and she finds it odd to talk about herself in the third person. So beware, you've been wrong. Hello, this is episode number 20, I can't believe I reached this point. And this intro makes me remember how hard it was for me to find what to say and what music to play at the beginning of my shows because, because you can be telling many different things with music, don't you? Salutations daywalkers, walkers and beware Maria for she can see your mortal desires I swear a lot I curse scar okay this could be one option beware Maria she's got some helpful tips that will make your breakfast complete healthy and nutritious Mm. This for a morning show? Beware, Maria, because you have crossed the line too often. So I am Maria and you better don't mess with me or I will see you tomorrow at the docks. You can see I had a lot of fun. It was hard to make a decision. Beware Maria, speaker, consultant, musician, digital nomad, and today I am your radio presenter. This one's premonitory, I wouldn't mind being a digital nomad. Beware Maria, a classical selection of all-time favorite composers with long names. Johannes Chrysostomus Wolframus Theophilus Moultat, Vincenzo Salvatore Francesco Bellini, Karl Maria from Bebe, Engelbert Humperdinck, and so on. One day I shall have a programme on classical music. It's decided. Beware Maria. She and her allies are seaging the town. Protect your children, protect your comfy armchairs, get ready to tune in, plug in your headphones for a better sound, and beware, it's coming. i quite like this one and i think i'm going to change for my next 20 episodes into into epic and um, the reason why i talk about it in these terms is because the reason why i talk about it in these terms is because episode 20 is the end of the first section of episodes and i'm going to take a few weeks now so that i can dedicate time to other projects If you would like to know more about what I do, you can visit my website, which is mariasoriano.live. If you want to contact me, you can do it through the website or you can also write to me at uh, viwarmaria at uh, gmail.com. Do nothing. Don't know. (laughs) Um, Well, I will be more than happy to know what my audience has to say to me. And if you want to hear past episodes, they are all going to be uploaded into Spotify. You just have to type Beware Maria into Spotify and you will get all there from the 1st to the 20th. There's one thing I wanted to talk about today and this is about talking or not talking politics there are people who say i don't speak about politics i don't understand politics and i don't know politics and i think that in every episode that i have done i've been talking about politics not like been talking about political parties but politics as politics is the way people get organized so politics is everywhere everything everything you look at it can be interpreted through Political thinking. So through how how do we organize? How do we do this? Why is it uh, in this way and not in, in another? It's about debate. It's it's about wanting to improve a situation. Is about not just about governance, but is I think is a very wide meaning. And I think that if I do a review of the episodes that I have been doing, actually politics is everywhere. So I got a summary here. And If you heard it, my very first episode was about improvisation, which is something I've been doing for many years and which I'm passionate about. The fact that music is something that we cannot really separate from a social context in which that music is done. Is it politics? Music cannot be understood or cannot be studied or we don't... Uh, if we separate it from the historical moment in which it is produced, it is very strongly linked to the reality, to the social and political reality that saw that music being composed and performed. So I believe that the music uh, that does not only reflect the spirit of the people or society or uh, of a social group, but it's also reflecting the conflict, the problems, the tensions. And for this reason, it's very important to establish what is the importance that music has in the social life of a group. So, who plays the music, why they are playing the music? What is the meaning of that music in in some specific context? and once i some people will criticize that music or like it is a music that is um valued by society or is not. When I was starting to study music, I, I can recall that most of the times we were analysing the structure, the harmony, but it is a lot more than that. It is always more interesting not just to listen, to to understand and to want to learn about it when you can put that music into context and in place and that cannot be done without understanding the political and social context. Uh, and um, how do that, does it relate to... Um, to improvisation is that people have always improvised improvisation has always existed and it has existed more originally into um, non-western classical traditions but more popular uh, ones and then it mingles more with with uh, western traditional classical music If we think about, for example, jazz and how it is mixed with uh, improvisational traditions, we can say, um, it frees the music a lot and it helps it abandon uh, other kinds of restriction. It helps people go more for ways of musical experimentation. And this affects not just the music, but the way the music groups are organized, like they become more democratic. When I was performing uh, in Spain, as part of the Orquesta Foco, which is um, the orchestra. Of the Spanish Association of Improvisers, which doesn't exist anymore but existed for many years, uh, the process of music creation in many times uh, was uh, very democratic. Many times it did not have a conductor. The conductor, when there was, it, it could be rotational. We could all have a chance to 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 go and 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 conduct. And um, the, the, this development of free improvisation, experimentation with timbre, uh, and, and the Improvisation uh, in a group is something that uh, is trying to get people separate from the conventional roles, also in the orchestra, in the, orga- in the way it organizes. So this is politics. In the episode number two, we're talking about mental health awareness a lot, uh, apart from a series of ca- other characters. That's a lot about. That's a lot about politics isn't it, where uh, a neoliberalizing society creates more stress at the individual eh? and um, then encourages people to treat stress individually and medically rather than collectively and politically. This is something that was said by our theorist called Mark Fisher. And uh, then another guy called Dennis Puras that in just quite recent years, he presented a report to the United Nations saying that the best way to combat the global mental health crisis... He says austerity measures did not contribute positively to good mental health. The guy that Piras told The Guardian in an interview coinciding with the report's release, people feel insecure, they feel anxious, they do not enjoy good emotional well-being because of this insecurity situation. The best way to invest in the mental health of individuals is to create a supportive environment in all settings, the family and the workplace. So if this is not politics, then what? Episode three, we talked about HIV and AIDS, and about Parade the movie, and uh, with with Fraser exposing, uh, uh, he was yeah talking about the multiple fault. Uh, that they were in in the system where he was trying to to get diagnosed. And that's very political. Yeah, it's clear. I don't need to explain that to you. So an expanding epidemic of AIDS can reveal the politic, how the political system is working and what are they doing at a national level or at a community level, at a level of uh, what's happening in, in the states with the with health care or in other countries. How do you organise our healthcare? Who's going to pay for it? But no, we don't talk politics here. In episode four, it's pure politics. We're talking about hierarchy and about equality and about how in-house we did... Uh, Organise a structure in which everybody was a lot more equal, even if we had different roles. But we had moments in the day in which we were cooperating together like a community. And that community organisation could potentially change your hierarchy mind and how it did change mine. So... It is politics, isn't it? And actually, the the center where I was doing this kind of course, which was Chumak College, they do uh, a lot of uh, training, not just in ecology, but in economics, and economics that is linked to political thinking to to preserve the planet. Well, the planet is going to be preserved anyway. It's just humans and, and nature in it that might not. So it is politics. And there is hierarchy and structure in the piece that I'm going to play now, which was created by the Duo Punto Cero, which is uh, myself with the three different voices and languages, and uh, Francis García at the, at the Virtual synthesizers. So here it goes, and it's called Atrevochi. If you don't go the forest, nothing will happen, and your life will never no salgas al bosque, no salgas, dijeron ellos. ¿Por qué no? ¿Por qué no tengo que salir al bosque Manon esta noche? No no. No. Manon sabe que, a que a tan Nase enorme lobo en que se come a las personas, la de personas de como tú. No salgas al bosque. No salgas por lo que más quieras. Cosí. Proseguía Lieta Ella salió al bosque. Sube. Soy y, y como era de esperar tira, se encontró con el no paura de la tu amar calamidad leve que quitó el infierno o sea, mi poesía. Salva, Esto sí. Así, descubrió que era cierto lo que dice el espejo, que el es, es la más sabia de las criaturas. Cuando aprovechamos esta atención, el índice lobe al lobe. Hace siempre la pregunta más importante, no dónde está el alimento más próximo, la pelea más próxima o la danza más próxima, sino la pregunta más importante para ver dentro y detrás para soplazar el valor de mundo, todo lo que vive donde está, al- está el alma donde está el alma donde está el alma ¿No importa, el sal al bosque salense si no sales al bosque Jamás ocurre en y, y tu vida no empezará jamás. Feli- sal al bosque, sal enseguida, sal al bosque, sal enseguida, en Episode 5, Prosopagnosia and Neophobia. Prosopagnosia is about Face blindness has nothing to do with politics. But neophobia does. Like, um, it is that the fear of new things. And I know that political scientists and psychologists have noted how, on average, that most conservative people are have a structure. Sometimes it's not their choice to be. I mean, it's just the way the brains are. We have different types of brains. And um, they are... They are more rigid or they can be more intolerant of their uncertainty and more resistant to change. And that would make a lot of sense. They have also preference for order, structure and for closure and simple, strong and stable and familiar answers. According to a study by Jost Glasser and Kruglandz Soloway from 2003, and apparently the brain of liberal people are more responsive to information complexity, ambiguity and novelty, and they are more they are more affected by other people, according to other studies. And I think that's interesting, how sometimes we, what we think we can be conditioned by our own brain. And this is called neuropolitics, I think called Neuropolitics? Neuropolitics. This is something we have done before, which is Googling at the moment and me learning with you. Neuropolitics. Yes, it's a science which investigates the interplay between the brain and politics. And it combines works from a variety of scientific fields, which includes neuroscience, political science, psychology, behavioral genetics, primatology and ethology. And I think that's so interesting. Episode six, we're talking about carers, Carers Day with Catherine Pestano. A lot of politics are there, how the money that goes into social care goes to, to the people that, that needs the care and their carers. And the role of the carer, uh, how it's affected by the amount of support that they're given. And we also talk about the earth and ecology, which you know what it is. Summer, Love and Anger is the episode seven, which is highly political about the Grenfell Tower and how predominantly working class people suffered horrific deaths during the the Grenfell fire. And and how controversial it was when John McDowell, the shadow counsellor, said that this would have been a totally preventable event, while others would say this was a human failure, this was a problem, but actually mm, this is something that could have been prevented and we still need to be able to prevent that it happens again. Episode 8 is about the dating code for women. And it is when we have this... um, Kind of tradwife coaching, critical of um, some of the most salient achievements of feminism and giving advice to the ladies to to come back to traditional values and smile, 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 because men like it, who are simpler, simple creatures, by the way. And after after the eight, we got the nine and ten, which are two very linked episodes, which is the modern dating and we, we we do some kind of critical to, yes, yeah, so how it is dating on the internet, and how people behave. Uh, the, the sex talking about sex, and we are also sharing a lot of things about ourselves. I love this character, the Mario. The Mario, I think I'm gonna bring her back. I am collecting anecdotes and I'm writing script for her. And when I come back, I I shall invite her to join us again and the song that uh, M- Mary o was bringing with her in her episode She Will Never Marry by Roger McGuinn and I would love to play it again for you
1: They say that love is a thing but it's only broader pain for the old Gone on the midnight train, she never will marry. She'll be no man's wife. She expects to live single all the days of her life. Well, a train pulled out, the whistle blew With a long and a lonesome moan He's gone, he's gone, like the morning dew And left her all alone She never will marry She'll be no man's wife he expects to live single all the days of her life. to live single All the days of her life Well, there's many a change in the winter wind And a change in the clouds and birds There's many a change in a young man's heart but never a change in hers she never will marry she'll be no man's wife she expects to live single all the days of her life she never
0: So now, here publicly, I'm going to say I will invite her one day, I cannot be present. um yeah, the episode number eleven was the way the one of my birthday things I have learned, and there's a lot of stuff coming in, like a variety of things about opening up to the world, about being curious about things and comparing yourself to others, or not comparing yourself to others, which are policies, I would say, and the way people relate to each other, again. And, and I think relating is, is, is a lot of what it is in my head. Relate stuff to each other, relate people to each other, relate the way, think about the way I relate to myself. So that is something that's very present, always. And then we have two composers. In episode number 12 and number 13, we've got uh, Matthias Kispert. And his uh, experimentation with uh, uh, electronic music—is it politics or is it not politics? Its experimentation would correspond with that people who have that kind of brain, who are more less conservative and more liberal. And also, I can say my experience of being in improvisational groups and improvisation with uh, with electronic music—the amount of the many people that I have met and found. In those atmospheres, are very clearly more more left wing than right wing, so there must be something about the brain. The same happens with Emilioes, uh, um, uh, Marijosa Stivariz, who is experimenting with uh, multiple bass guitars, and she was also talking about um, how a woman playing bass guitars happens not to not to be seen that often, and and her own record with that, and people uh, thinking that uh, arriving to the group and thinking the. The bass player was going to be a man, and then getting surprised about it. Still nowadays, uh, we got a number of episode fourteen that I call "Generation Rant," and there there is some critique of those who critique and think that the past was always better, and that that tendency that some kind of older people have to say that the youth of today are somehow somehow worse. And the youth of the past, but it seems to be a memory problem. That's a lovely guy I found here from the University of California, a psychologist called John Protko, who says it seems like there is a memory problem, a memory tick that just keeps happening generation after generation. And uh, this is a kind of prejudice because if we all keep claiming that the people from the the past and the things from the past was were better, we could be going on and on with the same thing that the children are always doing things worse then there is a complete deterioration of the human race don't you think and this is called presentism bias how beautiful the word the two words presentism bias which isn't the only reason why adults think that kids these days are worse than kids of the past Jason Pfeiffer saying in Generation Medium, saying in an article called Why Older People Have Always Thrust Younger People. It's partly fear, partly self-flattery and partly delusion. And it's been happening for thousands of years. What monsters we become. We bring a new generation into this world only to convince them of their shortcomings so they can wield the same charges against their peers. We've sent children off into the future, telling them the greatest moments have already passed. And why do we do it? Again, because we are afraid. And this has potential political consequences. Every generation, he explained, has good and bad people. In episode 15, I'm playing my song What I'm For, which is about situations that happen to women. And that happened apply. to me i will question your right to be putting me right on the spot on the blink of an eye episode 16 hermes and the bunny i'm complaining about hermes the company and ranting about first salaries and more better said unfair salaries to employees Number 17 is take the music to the streets. What can be more political than that? It's about the freedom of expression and this um, story about the mayores of Madrid. ...who decided to to have a policy to not to learn any musician just go playing in the streets but there should be some exams and a kind of control of the council and uh, these these friends of mine uh, who who are called the potato omelette the group is called potato omelette band they they took a hidden camera into the exam to criticize it so if you are interested in watching in listening to this episode 17. In episode 18, we got Pedro, Laranjeira, Finisterra and his music. We talk a lot about his music and how he composes it and we listen to his pieces of classical contemporary music. You might think there is no politics here. It's true. My claim that everything is politic in every one of my episodes, it's failing here. But I'm going to fix it. Let's go, Pedro. Okay, so Pedro... Here yeah, it is. Hello, Pedro.
1: Hello, Maria.
0: Pedro, I have a super question for you. What do you think about uh, patronage and the, and the arts?
1: Well, in an ideal world for me, the arts would be financed through the voluntary patronage of small, medium and big patrons. And that would end up being more or less enough for the artists themselves. Everyone with their vast variety of tastes, would give what they can and what they want to the projects they're passionate about, spreading the patronage within a vast array of different aesthetics and people, instead of a centralised entity whose criteria could be potentially discriminatory for a variety of reasons, and also excessively bureaucratic.
0: That's brilliant, Pedro. Thank you. I see you are always prepared to reply any question.
1: No worries. Stay well.
0: Bye. And it's fixed. It's fixed. We can go to episode number 19 with June Boy Stillman. Reverend June Boy Stillman talking about women in art in history and women in the church.
1: Sing us our on the song of the
0: earth, the song of the position of women and what she was not supposed to do. No woman teaching music in Oxford in her time, no woman doing the kind of show she would do, no woman in the church and all the activism she did. So yes, more of it. And episode twenty, here I am. I don't sometimes know how I've been having the time to produce these 20 episodes that I aim to repeat and I'm very happy to have done it. I've learned a lot. I'm very thankful to Andy Brain and Gareth Monger who have trusted me to lead this show. Thank you also to the composer Elena Smirnova uh, whose music I have played several times over this episode for my demos. I'll be back In 2022, with more episodes, more things to tell, and more everything. So beware. And if you want to write to me, remember to do it to bewaremaria at gmail.com. Bye bye.